Welcome to Sea Limits. I'm Kevin. And I'm Anne. And uh, the weather is getting a little nicer. I'm never fooled, though, in April. It can change at any second. Yeah. Yeah. But we have a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. We have some, some things we want to catch up on and then uh, talk about the Furnacebrook Golf Course. So why don't we get going with the first one? I have an up- update on the Abigail Adams statue, which I'm sure everybody knows at this point. Yeah, it was pretty exciting news. So the administration basically met with some local women that were part of that group, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the mayor came out agreeing with them. That is amazing. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, and here's a quote from, this is from The Globe. I listened, I gave it a lot of thought and really had a great discussion with the group. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is the arguments I've heard are right. Mm-hmm. That Abigail's been part of our planning is not good enough. She's not there now and she belongs on the common near her husband, Coke yeah. said in a statement. Yeah. I'm not really surprised because a lot of the people that were speaking out about Abigail were his supporters. I mean, there were yeah. many people that I saw at that rally that I was I was taking note of saying he should probably pay maybe paying attention to this. Well, one. that could be kind of troubling too. I mean, just because you're his supporter doesn't well, mean no, you deserve the main. It does not mean that, but but at the same time, you know, I think it was you know, the same thing yeah. happened with the you know the the red bricks. <laughs> so, you know, we are we're finally getting what we need to have happen at the end. A conversation. This is a stem a systemic problem that's going on, Kevin, with all projects. They're not they're not communicating or listening to people okay. what they want to. Yeah. I just want to read some more quotes here. Claire Fitzmorris, of course, she wasn't in the group, no. but but she was quoted in this article. Here's a quote. We are grateful that the Koch administration listened to the many citizens who believed it was important that Abigail be present in our downtown brand new park, she said. And we were grateful that he was willing to admit that we're right. Yeah. You know, I, again, I, I don't want to go back and say this, but, it, but it's, it, you're right. It doesn't matter if it's former supporters or for, are supporters of this administration. It's the fact that the, the administration listened. And that is the that is the win that everybody can take away. Right. Mm-hmm. And that they were right. <laughs> the women were right. And then she also said there is a, there certainly is a desire for them to come out of storage, the meaning the statues, where they've been for too long. And to be on public display, she said. And I think they could be shown up to best advantage there. And so many tourists could be able to see those statues there. Yeah, I think she's talking about the, the Lloyd Lilly statues and the desire for them to be potentially put someplace else. Because right. they're going to they're gonna create a new statue. Yeah. And then Emily Lebo is, is quoted here, too. She was part of that group. Emily Lebo, another resident advocate, said that it was a good compromise for the city to create a new statue in the common after they had been advocating for the relocation of the old one, especially because the original plan had both Abigail's statue and her husband's face each other across the street in Quincy Center. I'm willing to accept the compromise because one of the concerns about relocating the former statue is that that she would look diminished next to him, next to them. I'm just glad she's coming back to the common and that she will be represented. And she also said that um, she hopes that the city will include her group in discussions about the design placement and text around the statue. And then just one more quote. I'm going to give the last word to Claire. We certainly support the mayor's plans to have a sculpture made, Fitzmore said. At this point, what we don't know is how or if we can be part of the process. And we would very, very much love to be part of the design process because I think women can bring a unique perspective to how to celebrate the life of an important woman. Mm. Woman. So, yeah, we don't know if um, the administration is going to yeah. look to these groups to uh, to weigh in on, on what 
what the statue should look like. And I understand that the the artist, the sculptor, you know, he needs to have some freedom too, but. No, but the, the, I think that this again goes back to that systemic problem of the fact that if we could have had these conversations earlier, maybe bought, brought the Quincy partnership in to have those discussions, to be part of the original plan, we might not be here today. And we are here today and there's going to be a new statue created. I know a lot of people were asking, you know, where, who and where, who's going to pay for it and how's it going to get paid for? Yeah. So, and and that, that was, um, there was a podcast with Joe Catalano where uh, Joe asked him, you yeah. know, a new statue, how are we going to pay for that? And I'll, I'll play that right now. So that's the plan. Wow. How will that be funded, Mayor? Oh, leave it to the wizard. <laughs> we, We'll, uh, we'll we'll figure that out, um, but it's too important to to let go. And uh, but I, you know we'll figure that out. There's, there's there's funding sources that we can use for that. And um, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be working on on the details of that. So he says here the wizard will figure it out. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's well. I have so to we say, don't know where the money's coming. Unfortunately, from. Unfortunately, that that is the nature of the city of Quincy, right? Where there's no transparency about where money's coming from. And and quite honestly, when you ask. Things just happen, and we don't know where the money's coming from. But they'll find a place; they'll they'll, they'll get it somewhere. Right. That's not good for the taxpayers' side. I don't think that's a it's not a good message. Yeah. And then the last thing I'd like to to mention is, you know, the mayor likes to talk about um, his relationships with state officials and and even um, you know national officials um, like Lynch and Markey and Warren. And a big issue, of course, is is those Lloyd Lilly statues. Why couldn't they have gone to the parks? It's been nine years. Why couldn't he have leveraged those relationships mm-hmm. and had them placed at one of the park sites? I know he says it's bureaucracy, and yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think he maybe he doesn't like those statues. I don't. I, I think it's very clear that um, Ed Cohane was the one that was trying to do that, and yeah. I'm not sure if um, if those relationships were leveraged to be able to do that. Yeah. So yeah, it seems it seems as though they've gone into storage, and um, you know. Like many things, you know, they just got forgotten about. And because they're coming up now, it's it's created a, a rise in people and making people aware that this isn't there. And now there's a compromise that's happening and a new statue will be built and the wizard will pay for it. And hopefully we'll be able to leverage those relationships and maybe the Lloyd Lily statues will have a more prominent location. Right. All right. So that's that's it on the, the Abigail Adams statue. Uh, the next one is, I know on Monday there's a vote coming up. And finance committee, right, mm-hmm. for the um, $16.4 million plan to expand the Pine Hill Cemetery. I don't know if there's a vote, but there's a presentation. Well, I think what yeah. we were asking for was more information. At the last presentation, there was absolutely no detail in finances. It was a finance meeting, and there was no numbers. It was just all pretty pictures. Um, so we, there was a lot of questions and dialogue, and there was a lot of a long list of things for the um, National Resource Commissioner to come back with, and we'll see what they have on Monday night. I'm sure on Monday night they will push it to a vote because there were many people um, at the last finance meeting that were ready to vote. Right. And and I know they went out for bid and they opened their bids on uh, April 15th. Mm-hmm. And there were four. This is April 15th, 2022 at 11 o'clock a.m. There were four bids submitted. Mm-hmm. Fleming Brothers for $17,950. Uh, C. Naughton Corp. for $16,485. Uh, Right on target. <laughs> <laughs> I.W. Harding for $26,468. Mm-hmm. And then K.R., and I can't really read the writing, but I think mm-hmm. it's Bren, Renzins. Mm-hmm. And that was for $19,594. So 
So it's very convenient. C. Norton does a lot of work throughout the city of Quincy, a reputable organization. They're coming in right on budget at the 16, a little higher than the 16.4. The budget hasn't been approved. The bond yeah. hasn't been approved. So they're jumping the gun a little bit with this. I mean, I'm hoping that my fellow colleagues will actually start paying attention to the amount of money that's being spent and hear that the taxpayers are saying, we can't afford it. Right. And you cannot turn around and then say, residential tax breaks for people. We just can't. Yeah. And clearly he assumes he has the votes, probably yeah. knows he has the votes. I guess the last thing I'd say is, we, we do, there, there is definitely need and needs for this, um, for the expansion of the cemetery, but it doesn't have to be the, the biggest and the best project throughout the whole. County. Right. And it doesn't have to be to the extent that he has. Mm-hmm. And, and if folks at home, I know this sounds a little uh, abstract, but the the Quincy Sun printed renderings of what the cemetery, some of the things we've talked about mm-hmm. in our past episode, what they might look like. And you can see some of the extent of what they want to do. So, so look to this week's Sun. And really what they're talking about is that we're running out of spaces for people to be buried, but instead what they're doing is using a large amount of space to put in ornate parts of the park that most people won't be going to look at. I mean, when I go to visit a grave, I'm going to visit the grave, not necessarily the the fountains. And then there was an article in the ledger Mm -hmm. um, on April 20th, just about the lack of uh, space in the South shore in general. But there was a quote here from Dave, Dave Murphy, and he seems to be denying the reality of, of the situation. While the proposed Pine Hills expansion would add the city's first cremation niches, Murphy said cremation doesn't seem to be as popular in Quincy as it is in other parts of the region. Mm-hmm. Um, and he attributes that to the, the large population of Catholics and, and people of Asian descent. And uh, currently in the state, it's 60-40, uh, cremation niches to uh, burials. Mm-hmm. And then by 2030, and we, we had some numbers and these are pretty much on target, it'll be 70-30. Um, so but we're, I mean, this, don't, don't wait for it to happen yeah. just by, it's going to happen. It's happening. It's not, it's not, yeah. it's, it's happening. Maybe they're, maybe they're. So this is kind of like the downtown. We're going to have a box store, but the box stores are done and yeah. Amazon is coming yeah. um, and people are ordering online. We don't have stores coming. Yes, because we're always behind the eight ball, not in front of right. it. So here's the thing about this. We're doing 40 cremations to 60% burials, the reverse of what the state trend is, 60-40. Yeah. And we should be doing 70-30. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and we shouldn't be doing $16.4 million worth of it because if we have such a dire need, we shouldn't be putting in big structures. You know, I just I just Yeah, but they already clear cut everything and promise people projects. They've, they've already invested money in this. They just haven't been truthful about what they've invested. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there's more to come. And I just ask people to get involved, call your counselors, let them know that we want this, but we just don't want you to spend every dime that we have. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so the big, big item we want to talk about today is the Furnace Brook uh, Golf Club and uh, the Forbes Hill Park. Mm-hmm. So the Furniture Golf Course is up on Reservoir Road, and, and the um, Forbes Hill Park is right next, right, right, right next to it. Right. And currently, what they want to do is put a new clubhouse in, costing seven point four million dollars at the golf club. Yeah, golf yeah. course. Yeah. And they want to move it, and then they want what their what the original plan was. They would take up a lot of that park, almost half, with parking lots, and then move the tennis court. And the basketball court into what what pretty much is is the uh, baseball diamond and uh, 
I know one of the, the neighbors had it staked out. And it, would, it would basically push up to like the third third baseline. It was incredible. Yeah, we walked it, and uh, so they wanted to basically do away with that park. Exactly. I guess. So the neighbors finally pushed back, and we're we're going to talk about some of, some of that, which is happening all over the city. I want to mention it's not just this neighborhood. It's been you know between Abigail Adams statue, this neighborhood. Um, all of the development that's happening, 105 C Street, it's all of it. It's, the neighbors are coming together to say enough. You right. know, start listening to us. Include us in the conversations. We can have a better Quincy if we include people. Right. So the timeline, um, this was furnished to us by the neighbors. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to go through this pretty quickly. So in fall of 2021, several of us asked Dave Murphy and, and Councillor Ian Kane informally to let us know what was discussed at the First Brook Golf Club renovation. I just want to add, I asked, I asked for it in 2019. Oh, you're the first. <laughs> I asked, and they told me there were meetings that I never went to, which never happened. So, and They were told at the time that it was just a conceptual design uh, and no further responses were given. No community, community meetings to garner community input on the project were happening. And then in March, in March 2nd, 2022, um, Councillor Ian Kane sent a letter to Forbes Hill neighborhood about a meeting at the clubhouse to present the concept plan. Mm-hmm. The letter was the on- only sent to Forbes Hill residents, not Walston Hill residents. And do mm-hmm. you want to describe where this course is? Did yeah, you so, it? yeah, it's on Reservoir. If you go up Reservoir Road, that's how you can um, enter the, the first book golf course. And so basically it was all the Forbes Hill area that was um, was pretty much notified, but on the Walston side, the summit side. Um, they didn't, didn't get they didn't get notified. No. Right. And there's a giant road they're going to open up to the summit side. So. Yeah. yeah. And then the mayor, Dave Murphy, and, and, and Councillor Kane presented the concept plan uh, the first time on March 2nd. Mm-hmm. After the meeting, uh, several several of the neighbors requested the plan be distributed to the residents for review. And then on March 9th, Councillor Kane issued his winter uh, email newsletter and included in it the concept plan from the March 2nd presentation. Mm-hmm. And there is a good point here. Only residents that re- receive Ian's newsletter are the ones that sign up for it through his Facebook page. Or, so so not everybody's getting it, mm-hmm. just those that are requested it. And those who don't follow him on Facebook or opt in to the newsletter don't, don't receive it. And if it's on the city website, it's impossible to find um, I haven't looked, so I don't know that. I just know that people tell me all the time things are impossible. I don't see. And then a couple neighbors, I think, gathered some feedback and sent comments to Dave Murphy and Ian Kane. Just that they responded. I think they responded. I think Dave Dave responded in a little longer response, basically saying that it's a little further along than just conceptual stages. And I believe Ian Kane um, just that he would take it under advisement. Okay. Then April third. 2022, neighbors met a presentation to the Quincy Tree Alliance. They had no idea uh, this was happening. I guess a lot of trees are going to be removed. Mm-hmm. Um, from the from the park. The from the center. park, yeah. Yeah, and the interesting thing about that is I think the tree warden in the newspaper suggested that the park, that the trees were, were dying. And one of the issues that they have there is the trees haven't been maintained. So, yes, a lot of our investments in the city of Quincy, trees, um, if they're not maintained correctly, we, they will die. If they're, if they're not, the vines that grow up on them will kill them. So maybe we should start in, you know, taking care of our investments. Then on April 4th, a couple of neighbors met with Making Waves and discussed some next steps. April 5th and 7th. The I think they met with Making Waves too because there's a, there is, that was a reservoir that was up there. So there's definitely flooding problems that happen up there as well. April 5th 
through the 7th. Uh, they made 350 flyers and papered the Forbes Hill Park neighborhood, posted the walk on Facebook, and emailed Dave Murphy and counselors and notified the ledger about the event. Mm-hmm. And then April 7th, uh, a couple neighbors attended the, the community preservation meeting. The first Brook Golf Course for Innovation was on the agenda, and uh, Dave Murphy was scheduled to present the concept plan. They have asked the CPC for $500,000 in improvements to Forbes Hill Park. And then mid-afternoon before the meeting, Kristen Powers notified the neighbors uh, that the presentation would be postponed because they were working on revision. The neighbors attended anyways and made a statement before the Community Preservation Committee. In summary, that they should not approve the, the CPA funds for the request of new courts, new basketball courts and new tennis courts in the um, and we're going to go over that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, April 9th, Ian Kane issued a special edition of his email newsletter, which contained a new revised concept plan showing the parking space reduced and shifted to the southern boundary of the park. So it went from, I think, 107 spots to 70 spots mm-hmm. and, and narrowed quite a bit. And then April 10th, the walk proceeded. 80 residents attended and signed the petition. And I just wanted to read some quotes here from that. I think those neighbors were from all over. They weren't just from, um, they were from the Summit side, and they were also from um, the Forbes Hill side. Yeah. So this is from the Patriot Ledger on April 12th. Leave the park alone. Neighbors pushed Quincy to redesign Forbes Hill Parkland. Plans to encroach on the grassy field and wooded area of Forbes Hill Park with 107 Space parking lot and new basketball courts received significant pushback from residents who gathered in the park Sunday and demanded the green space be preserved as much as possible. Um, For the last 30 years, the water tower, the Forbes Hill standpipe, had been listed in the National Register of Historic Places. The park, which has tennis and basketball courts, is used by neighbors and city summer recreation programs. As far as this park is concerned, it's easy to ignore it because it's been neglected for so long but it's still precious for having any open space, neighbor Ann Meyerson said. The thought that they could even consider taking one tree down or a foot of our park is completely appalling. And there is, in some of these things I read from the neighbors, and I think even maybe the tree warden kind of admitted that there's been neglect, right, yeah. in that park. And, you know, what? Liam used to, well, Maggie, please, both of them played t-ball up there, and mm-hmm. it was kind of neglected then. Yeah. It's a it's 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 something that again it's a systemic issue throughout the whole city. Once we have something new, we don't maintain it, and if it's been old, we don't maintain it. So, well, and if it's not Adams Hancock Common or Marymount Park, it yeah. doesn't get any attention. Absolutely not. And those parks have extra people that we've hired that are in the budget just for those parks. So right. the rest of us, you know, you, you know, we wait for cleaner and greener and hope that everybody goes out and takes care of it. Yeah. So in this article, Dave Murphy is quoted. Dave Murphy, the Quincy Director of Natural Resources, said he received more emails pushing back against the Forbes Hill Park renovation than he has on any other issue in some time. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he's listening. I think Dave, Dave, Dave's a rational person who listens to what people are saying. Yeah. Residents said they don't mind drivers parking in the neighborhood once the golf course lot fills up as long as the park stays untouched. And then from Maria Mulligan, we really want to preserve that park. The users of the golf course and the city can renovate the golf course however they want, but leave the park alone. And that seems to be a, a, a note I've heard. You know, you can do whatever you want to the golf course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I object to the $7.4 million clubhouse, but I don't live there. 
and yeah. but but leave that park alone or renovate it you yeah. know I think that I think they can accomplish both I think they can renovate that park and that should be renovated and I think that they can definitely make the the Frenchbook golf course um, clubhouse something that's that's going to be, be able to be used for for many years to come but it doesn't have to be at the expense of the taxpayers you know yeah. we should be doing something that is affordable we are now maintaining a golf course right and I think you made a good point. Uh, or someone made a good point. <laughs> made a good point. It wasn't me. I know that. <laughs> um, basically, a hundred thousand people shouldn't be paying for two thousand people's hobby. I think it's two hundred people's. Two hundred people's hobby. Even if it's two thousand, you're right. A hundred thousand yeah. people live in the city of Quincy, and I think the membership is two hundred. They're going to open it up to social people. So even if it is two thousand, let's say it's two thousand, we have a, we'll get, be very generous and say two thousand members. But that's not the how many members we have to balance that. And nobody is saying that we don't want first golf course to be maintained or renovated. We're just saying let's be realistic about what yeah. we're doing and let's not you know let's not go to town and change everything and cause you know create a, an expense that we don't have to. Right. So in response to the pushback. Uh, by the neighbors. Um, Murphy said his department is working to update the plans. Nothing has been approved and the Quincy Community Preservation Committee has not seen the redesign. But a tentative new plan would include a smaller 70s-based parking lot. Mm-hmm. I think one of the issues too with the Community Preservation Act is they're going into a park and they're suggesting that they're going to renovate the park, the golf, you know, the, the, um, the basketball courts and the tennis courts, and they're asking for $500,000. Are they really using that $500,000 for those renovations, or are we using it to create a parking lot? And you can't use CPA monies to create parking lots. Although they've done it. They've done it. <laughs> Illegally, but they've done it. Yeah. Illegal use. I mean, I call for illegal use. Yeah. And then from this article, um, Maria Mulligan and Quincy resident Dave Potter led the walk uh, that had 80 residents uh, attend. Mm-hmm. And Potter said he visits the park to take a break while working from home, and he enjoys watching the hawks fly in the morning. He said, the park has always been there. It's been there for over 60 years. It's intergenerational. I grew up here and played here. My kids have played here. And now my grandchildren are coming here. And then another, that's about it. Yeah. There. Oh, actually, there was um, someone there from the park committee. Mm-hmm. Jay Stearns, a member of the Parks and Recreation Board. He said he attended with an open mind and hoped to dispel some of the rumors. Hmm. I'm not sure what the rumors are, but I, I think one of the issues... One of the big issues, and this is not a rumor, but it's it's a fact, and it's a fact throughout all projects in Quincy. They did not include the neighbors. They did not. They had a public meeting where they showed them for the first time the plans they created without any of their input. Had they invited people to that, maybe we would have different plans. And another thing is many people cannot read architectural plans. So when you're looking at that, it doesn't look like it's much. So until you have something staked out, or you have somebody who can read the plans, you don't know what you're getting. And you can become very surprised when that happens. Think about the billboard. And then, um, let's see. So if we go back to our timeline, Mm -hmm. I love timeline. I know you do. April 19th, um, the neighbors provided comments to the new revised concept plan and sent Dave Murphy, Ian Kane, and I guess other counselors. Um, I got it. Yep. I guess there's a walk. They're going to have a walk. Yeah, they're going to have a walk on Sunday, and they're inviting the counselors to take a walk because it's going to be the counselors that have to approve it. So I think they're trying to say to the counselors, hey, you know, you're going to see pretty pictures that get put before you. Why don't you take a walk and see what you're going to be saying yes to before you say yes, because we don't want you to. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And so let's go over some of this new plan. They did revise the plan, of mm -hmm. course. And so they took away some of that parking and mm -hmm. they shifted the basketball court and the tennis court basically to where it is today, right? I think. A little bit further. They, they're kind of going through the playground and the basketball court, so they'll move them a little bit. Yeah. And then there's an area created for wastewater, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go through this, but I'm going to read read some of this, the neighbor's, the neighbor's notes here. So... Here's a couple of notes. Encroachment into Forbes Hill Park for parking. The city's revised plan indicates that about 9,800 square feet of open space in the park uh, will be replaced with parking, about 40 spaces. That is roughly equivalent to two full-size basketball courts of lost parks. Here's an important point. The surface, because it doesn't mention it in, in the city's revised plan. The surface of the field in the park is also several feet higher than the surface of the parking lot. Therefore, the encroachment Approachment proposed will require a retaining wall that is about 390 feet long to hold back the earth that makes up the fields. Mm -hmm. The parking lot still does encroach. So if, if you walk up there today, they have it staked, right? Mm -hmm. And it goes through, I think, I would say like a good portion of the basketball court. And the playground and the mm -hmm. swing sets. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it does have, you know, right now there's kind of a, there's a natural, there's not a natural retaining wall that's happening. It's not, because it's not a parking lot. Yeah. Um, when they put that parking lot in, if they were to do it, I think the retaining wall would start at two feet and at the highest point would be six feet high. Yeah. So, and then and they're going to open up the Summit Hill um, road too. So traffic will be going on the Summit Road as an exit. Yeah. And I don't know, understand why the Summit neighborhood. I think they are. I think they're, they're getting active now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so after reviewing the plan, it's evident that the Existing basketball and tennis courts will need to be shifted closer to the middle of the field again, further reducing the park's open space. It really just doesn't make sense to put the parking lot in the park. It's going to cost, that retention wall alone is going to cost millions of dollars. Then if they remove dirt, they have to put the dirt. You can't just, you either have to haul it away or put it someplace else. Yeah. And, and, and there was a request for the neighbors, and we, we talked about it with them. Mm -hmm. To, to move the parking lot further down to where the property line of the park sort of goes to the left. And, and there's some, some wooded area that the city could take that's not part of the park, but part of the golf club mm -hmm. and make parking spots right. there. I mean, it's on a little bit of a hill, mm -hmm. not a big hill. But, It'd be a little bit of a walk for people. Yeah, but they could easily shift that lot out of the park entirely mm -hmm. and, and down. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't know why the city won't do that. But. And the other interesting thing is that they want to move the clubhouse away from where the view is. So it's going to be like looking in people's backyards as opposed to looking out you know, the way the current clubhouse yeah. is. It's a, everything about the plan seems a little bit um, an afterthought. <laughs> like they're not really. It's really just kind of just. I don't know. It just doesn't seem well thought through. Yeah. And then there were some other notes in here. Uh, the tree health at the southern boundary, according to the letter from the city's tree warden, attached many of the existing trees in this zone are in poor health and should be remo removed. After consulting with another arborist, we believe that most of the trees here can be saved with maintenance by removing invasive species and vines that are currently choking. We so maintenance by the park department for the trees that they own, that they haven't been doing. But instead, we'll just cut them down. Yeah. We asked the city to complete a comprehensive survey of the trees, both in Forbes Hill Park and the golf course, and consult with the Quincy Tree Alliance on how to maintain the health in urban forests. And then another big issue here is regarding stormwater drainage. Mm -hmm. um, when Councillor Kane sent out this revised plan, he has a, a paragraph in here. The mayor has met with the DPW 
Engineering and has a plan to improve the existing conditions, both as it relates to the history of the park and the bowl beneath the soil and other areas in the neighborhood around the golf course. That's very concerning to me. So basically, you know, when we sign off on plans in the city of Quincy, you have to have a civil engineer to be able to tell you whether or not or an architectural plan would sign off on these things saying this is what you're going to get. You know, you're not going to be fooled. And if the DPW's engineers are the ones doing the civil service for this particular project, we're signing off on our own work. Who's yeah. to say that the thing that they're saying isn't going to cause flooding, isn't going to cause major flooding? This is a big project and they're putting it on a basin. They're going to put a parking lot on what was once a water basin. Right. So they have a note here. The plan indicates that stormwater management areas will be located to the north and east of the tennis court. However, throughout the field, there are several other low spots where stormwater collects into pools and do not adequately drain. This is likely due to the concrete liner that is currently buried under a field under the field. A remnant from the park when the park was a reservoir. The stormwater issues are significant on the hill and will likely require a sizable financial investment by the city to properly address them. Mm-hmm. Councillor Kane's memo stated that the Department of Public Works Engineering Department have a plan for improving the stormwater drainage on the hill. However, we are concerned that these departments may not have the level of expertise to design a stormwater management system suitable to address the site's unique challenges. So they want the city to hire an independent uh, civil engineer. Wouldn't you if your your major investment, your home, was backed up to that park? I, I would, yes. I mean, especially because it's on a hill and everything's going downhill, right? Yep. So, you know, and then when it happens, they'll say, "Oh, that's just the that's the way it's always been." Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it is a, it, the whole thing. It, it could have been addressed if they started this, you know, two years ago instead of you know taking over the first book golf course and then starting these projects and saying we have a plan. Because they did not include the neighbors. And this is one of those things that many of these things would have been ironed out without having to have a community group of people come together. Mm-hmm. We have the um, Quincy Tree Alliance, QCAN, and Quincy Making Waves, who have worked on projects throughout this whole city, helping people understand and navigate some of the challenges that we have. Those are associations that could be working with the city to make sure that the projects that we're doing um, are the best that they can be for our community. And then finally, we mentioned this, the CPA application. Mm-hmm. So the assessed value of the existing tennis court, basketball court, and the play equipment is currently about 60000 The ap- application requests 500000 in funds. Mm-hmm. The application does not identify how the remaining $440,000 in funds will be spent within Forbes Hill Park. CPA funds cannot be spent for parking nor maintenance works. So it is unclear how these funds will be allocated. So I, I guess the plan, I guess the point there is the city is asking for way more money than just these basketball courts. Yeah, so it's the, obvious that they wanted to pay for yeah. their parking. Lot. Well, the CPA money, and I've always questioned this, when they when they get approved and you ask these questions, like, what exactly are you going to get out of this? Like 250000 500000 Are they going to have a, it's, you know, they're renovating Forbes Hill Park, but they're not really. They're, they're, ma- they're going to be taking trees down, creating a retaining wall, parking lot, and maybe we'll get a new basketball. You know, it's it's not what the CPA monies were really originated yeah. for. I don't see a lot of community, um, like neighborhood projects, or or me as a as a citizen put mm-hmm. forward in in the city doing that. It seems to be whatever the administration wants to do. Yeah. They tap that. Well, the thing about so it, so they should it, call it the KPA, yeah, the, Coke Preservation, the Act. Coke Preservation Act. But the the thing that we really should be doing is we should be posting the plans, the amount, the financial plans that go along with it. Put it on the CPA 
website like other communities do. Boston does when you go to when you when they use the CPA monies in other communities, you can go to the the, the where they're doing the renovations. You can see a picture of it, where it's being funded, what it's being done for, how the money is being used, and it's always transparent. And I'm going to go back to that word transparent because there's a lot of money being spent in the city of Quincy, and it is impossible to find out how much has been spent before projects, even brought before the city council. Even as a councillor. Even as a councillor. I am finding things, and I'm telling you, that when you say yes to this stuff, you might be saying yes to, you know, $7 million for this, but it's probably going to cost $14 million because you're never seeing what they really spent. Yeah. And then back to the timeline. So uh, April 19th, they provided some of the comments we just we just talked about um, back to Dave Murphy and Ian Kane and, and you or all the councillors. And the councillors have been invited to to a focused walk, right? Mm-hmm. On Sunday. On Sunday, April 24th. I think it's at 4 p.m. At 4 p.m.? Yeah, and there's ways you can get in touch with with this group. I think they provided an email. If you want to, if if you're interested in in finding out more what's going on, they have a Facebook page. Yeah, so the email is saveforbeshillpark at gmail.com. And Forbes, it's S-A-V-E-F-O-R-B-E-S, Hill, H-I-L, Park, P-A-R-K at gmail.com we'll put it in the bottom too yeah we'll put it in the notes and so and then they have here on their timeline we are hoping to schedule another community walk on may 1st and they they also have a petition going on yeah that's why i want to get them we want to share that email because you can get in touch with them to sign the petition i yep. think it's on facebook as well and again this is not saying that they do not want the renovations at the first book golf course nobody ever said that what they're saying is we would like to be part of the conversations so that our park can be saved and that both the first book golf course and the Forest Hill Park can actually benefit from what's happening. Yeah, they have, you know, at the end of this, our, our goal is to convince the city to refrain from encroaching into the park for parking. That will, will be the benefit of the golf course. Mm-hmm. And Forbes Hill Park is not and has never been part of the golf course. Mm-hmm. It serves the needs of the residents for respite and recreational opportunities. We would like to engage the city in an inclusive design process to explore the best way to restore the park separate from the golf course. And parks are separate. So when you take over a park and it gets designated as a park in the state and, and you cannot sell, the city cannot sell that park. It cannot use it for anything other than a park. But the furnace Brook golf course is not a designated park. And that's why neighbors are nervous because the city will say, if we don't do this, it could be condominiums. Well, it's not going to be condominium. It's going to be a golf course, yeah. but let's just do it right for all. They're never going to put condominiums there because then they, they know they wouldn't get reelected. So well, here's the thing. you do have some leverage. You do, but the neighbors have the leverage. And right. I think we really have to, you know, we have to really think about what is it we're trying to accomplish and how can we serve both the Furnsbrook golf course and the Forbes Hill park and the neighborhood. You know. So, Inge, do you know what time it is? I do. What time is it? It is listener's mail. All right. We have a, a couple, maybe three, mm-hmm. and they're, they're pretty quick. So I know this has been a long show, so these will go pretty quick. Two are from David, um, and one is on the Pine Hill uh, Cemetery. Coke plans to turn Pine Hills into another municipal theme park, gouging the taxpayers for an additional $16.4 million. I'd even wagered that this will be added to the long and ever-lengthening list of uncompleted taxpayer-funded pipe dreams. People want a resting place for loved ones, not a destination. Yeah, and I know that they're going to say, and the administration will push back and say, this will pay for itself. But again, only if they're only showing us what they're spending, what they supposedly are spending. We right. know they're spending other money, so 
you know, I, and it, the, it will pay for itself as getting old. We need to actually be more um, fiduciary responsible with the way we're spending taxpayers' money. Great. And then his second part of his letter is regarding the Abigail Adams statue. Mm -hmm. So despite the fact that there, there is already a beautiful and beloved statue of Abigail Adams and young John Quincy Adams that was removed from its appropriate place near the first parish church, and despite the fact that 30 million has already been spent on an overwrought Adams Green, the mayor has now decided to cast all vestiges of rationality out the window. He's contracted with an artist to produce a new and improved bigger bronze statue of Abigail Adams. I wonder what the price tag is going to be. And let's not overlook the fact that a partial redesign and reconstruction of the $30 million park will now be required to accommodate the new statue. Mm -hmm. Again, at what cost to the taxpayers? In summary, a statement by the mayor as quoted in the Patriot Ledger indicates a tentative grasp on reality. Here, the mayor, here we have this wonderful new public space befitting of the national monuments in Washington. I almost choked on my coffee. And that's from David. Yeah. I think people are really just overdone with that spending. And a lot of these people have been here for a long time and they've been, you know, they're, they're supportive of our projects, but it's, it's never, the list gets longer and longer and things aren't getting done. And the final one is from Pat. And this is a handwritten note. I love handwritten notes. <laughs> um, I enjoy you and your husband's podcast. Yay. <laughs> on Quincy Cable TV. Wow. So she's not, she's listening to it on Quincy Cable, not, you know. And she's writing me handwritten notes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the one I saw last week. I agree. Too many projects all at once. Is there anything we as taxpaying citizens can do to rein in this mayor? Sincerely, Pat. So this is another, and I get a lot of phone calls from people because they do watch it on QATV and they are, their their budgets are, are tight and the taxes are going up and they're not, they're just feeling as though there's, people aren't, they're not, we're not, we're delusional in the city of Quincy is what they're thinking. Right. And the word common sense comes up a lot. I know the administration used to like to use the word common sense, but it seems to have been thrown out the window because if we have a dime, we will spend it in the city of Quincy. And we will come back and we will tell you that it's your appraised values that have gone up or it's, you know, heating and utilities are going up. So that's why our budget's going up or you know, cost of goods are going up. But it's happening in our own homes and we have to adjust in our homes. So, you know, if you if you don't have the money, you have to adjust, Kevin. You might, you might cut your cable or, you know, do things to make things so you can afford it in your own homes. We're not doing it in the city of Quincy and we need to start doing that because people can't afford it. Right. We can have the projects we do think they have to come in on time. We have to manage them and we have to stop. Just, just do them rationally. I mean, we have there's, to stop no, doing there's it. no need for and monuments that belong in Washington, D.C. in a cemetery that nobody visits. <laughs> I just I mean, think not I, nobody, but you know what I mean? I know. I, I think I think what we and you can have really nice things that they don't they don't have to break the bank. But when you have, you know, this administration just they think great and bigger is better all yeah. the time. Every project. There hasn't yeah. been one project that they've pulled back on in recent history. And you know, and we cannot have a city council that continues to, you know, placate. And they have to start saying, you know, I can't, we can't afford it. Yeah. Our constituents come can't afford it. Come back with something else. Yeah, come back with, remember the days. Yeah. <laughs> this is too much for us. And, you know, we're not going to come back with, with ordinances or resolves that say we're going to try to cut your taxes because it's not going to happen if you keep spending your money like that. Or and keep bonds, allowing them to spend And the bonds money. are money. Every time they take a bond out, it's cost to the taxpayers. Right. And, and I just, I just can't underline that or highlight it more for people. 
Right. So, um, yeah, so get in touch with your city councilors, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so Pat asked Right me into the, the ledger, right into the yeah. sun. The sun posts pretty much anything you write in. So Pat did not, ask me that, and I said, you know, you can, you can call your city councilors. You can send them handwritten notes, like your lovely note that came to me. Yeah. But what you can do as well is when you write those notes, write them to the Quincy Sun, write them into the Patriot Ledger. Let the Boston Globe. Know. The Boston Globe's been known. Yeah. Let them know that you are uh, come out to meetings. Many people don't come out to meetings. I mean, they've been on Zoom, but now they're going to be in person. But, you know, don't be afraid because, honestly, there is power in numbers. There's 100,000 people who live in the city of Quincy, and there's a lot of people who are getting in touch with us that have similar stories. Right. So I think that does it for this week on City Limits. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.